Hi there, I'm David Harvey, and I'm here with John Andrews, and this is the Two Techs Podcast. In this podcast, we're two friends in two different countries, here with you every two weeks talking about two different texts from the Bible. In this season, as we enter our second year of podcasting together, we step beyond the stories of Jesus in the Gospels and into the Book of Acts. The Book of Acts is a series of stories and events from the early church when they encounter the disrupting presence of the Holy Spirit. Well, John, after a short break, we're back, but still in Acts chapter 1, and and maybe still in Acts chapter 1, verse 8. <laughs> Absolutely. It's, there's so much in that opening opening passage, mm. and, and it is worth slowing that right down because it does set us up for a lot of stuff that's got to happen in the mm. later chapters of the book of Acts. So the, so the introduction, mm. a bit like Luke introduces the gospel, is is really powerful to give us big ideas at the beginning, which frame mm. the journey throughout the book. And we've seen Luke do that in the pattern already, programmatically. Yes. In his gospel, and and he's doing the same sort of thing now. Yeah, it's, it's as if he's he's like all great all great movie directors. They have they have certain things they like to do. And I was thinking anybody could go back and listen to previous two text episodes, thinking about stuff we talked about in even the Christmas series where we talked about Mary and how much mm. the language of Mary's song helps you make sense of of what's going on throughout Luke's gospel. I think that Luke's, Luke does this in Acts chapter 1, verse 8. You could almost, if you're the type of person that highlights your Bible, you almost want to highlight chapter 1, verse 8. And keep referring back to it. Mm-hmm. It's only one verse. Even memorize it. Because as you make your way through the through this book, you're going to see it played out. Shall I read yeah. the, the verse just for a moment, just to remind yeah, you, if, if, if you've, it's a couple of weeks since the last episode. Acts chapter 1, verse 8, simply it says this, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Mm. So we talked in the last episode, John, about how, about how there is a, a, a future certainty. You will receive power. You will be my, my witnesses. So, so there's this framing and, and, and don't, kind of disconnect the the power of the Holy Spirit and the being of the witnesses. Because I think what you're going to see in Acts is so often that when left to their own devices, the disciples will not be witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. They'll actually mm-hmm. shut things down and keep things safe. And yeah. and, and that's maybe a, a longstanding church problem that throughout our history of the church, our tendency has been to try and close things down and keep things safe. And Acts is showing us that the Holy Spirit has anything other than that as a plan <laughs> absolutely, of, absolutely. Of, of this disruptive presence of the Holy Spirit, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. And of course, we've already, as we've alluded to on a number of times in our previous two podcasts, we've already had a huge hint on this coming to us at the end of Luke. And when Jesus mm-hmm. is speaking to the disciples at the end of Luke, he says these just beautiful words, he's teaching them. And he says from the scriptures, the Messiah will suffer 
rise from mm. the dead on the third day and repentance for the forgiveness of sins will be preached. And, and this is it in his name to all nations beginning at Jerusalem. And then we get mm-hmm. this gorgeous language, nuanced language. You are witnesses of these things. I am going to send you what my father has promised, but stay in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. So you read Luke 24, those last few verses, 46 to 49-ish, and then jump straight Mm -hmm. to Acts 1-8. Whoa, it's like it's it's part of the same conversation. It's like we've just broke off and then come back in, and you're getting this pickup of this idea of beginning at Jerusalem, nations Mm -hmm. of the world and clothed with power in Luke 24 and now in Acts 28 you will receive Mm -hmm. this power and and it seems to be that Jesus is really pointing to the fact this power is imminent it's the power Mm -hmm. of this spirit is coming now and Mm -hmm. as a result of that you're going to be my witnesses in in Jerusalem all Judea Samaria and the ends of Mm -hmm. the earth and so I, I love I love the connectivity of that in the in the Lucan corpus how he pulls those two ideas together so beautifully within that and and of course at the core of this is this idea of not only I I think for me David Acts one eight brings together some two magnificent ideas one is is clearly pneumatological you will receive power mm-hmm. referring there to the Holy Spirit. And it's also this missiology, mm-hmm. and you will be my witnesses in, in Jerusalem, Judea. And I love the fact that in the same way that Luke has introduced the power of the Spirit with the mission of Jesus in his gospel, he's now introducing the power of the Spirit with the mission of the church or the mission of the ecclesia in the book of Acts. And these two mm-hmm. things mm-hmm. seem to be in the thinking of Luke and in his agenda theologically inextricably linked. The power of the Spirit... Mm-hmm. And the mission of of the community or the mission of the servants of God. And and that is put front and center right at the beginning for us in X one eight. My brain's just gone somewhere, John, that in all my years of studying and teaching this stuff <laughs> and then separately studying and teaching Galatians, I, I've never thought about this, but but I just got triggered by it by a word. So so Luke uh, chapter twenty four, verse forty nine, I'm gonna send to you what my father has promised. But stay in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. So you, you just read mm. that for us so that mm. I've just re- reread it. <laughs> but just think about those those words for a second. And that is, as you say, pretty much I, I just the same as what's said in the same as what's said in Acts chapter one, verse eight. But you, you said something in the last episode or the episode before, forgive me for not remembering exactly when it is. So often we talk about the 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 kind of disconnect between Luke and Paul, and both you mm. and I have said in various times, I, I don't get it. Right? We know the historical witnesses that Luke and Paul are are friends, <laughs> yeah. and that Luke is is very influenced and 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 probably discipled by Paul, and yet so often people think that there's a Luke says this and Paul says that, and they don't go together. But here's just an interesting. If you, can I paint a picture for a moment, John? Please, please. I yeah. I am with bated breath waiting for this picture, David. Come on. Yeah, so uh, so let me read a little bit more just to just to paint the scene. So Luke 24: The Messiah will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day. Repentance for the forgiveness of sins will be preached in His name to all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. I'm going to send to you what my Father has promised. 
but stay in the city until you've been clothed with power from on high. Okay, so we hold that. Then we've got Acts chapter 1, verse 8. You yep. will receive power from the Holy Spirit. You will receive power. You will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. Right. So mm-hmm. we can see they line up. But now let's jump over to Galatians 3, a passage that everybody knows well. I mean, I'm, I'm not expecting people to immediately go, but when I read parts of it, I'm sure most listeners go, oh, I know, I know this bit, I know this bit. Yep. Look at what Paul does. So he's in this bigger argument about, about welcoming Christ, right? And he says this, he says this to them, to, to the Galatians, into Christ Jesus, you have been baptized, right? With Christ, you are clothed, right? Mm-hmm. But the Greek word there is exactly the same Greek word that Luke used over there in Luke chapter uh, 24, verse 49. And the word is enduo. It's where we get the word endue from, right? And and yes. to endue with power. To, so so you, you are in Christ. So, so Luke's here referencing Jesus saying, you're going to be endued with power, clothed with power. Paul's here going, you'll be clothed with Christ. But this is where it gets quite exciting for me anyway. You've been baptized into Christ. You've been clothed with Christ. Let me just throw this out. Is this a reference to the Holy Spirit, right? That that you have put on Christ. Then he says, there is now no longer Jew or Greek, Mm. slave or free, healing and feminine in the Greek, but you are all one in Christ Jesus. And, And if you are of Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs of the Promise. <laughs> there we get that yeah. same word back again. So, yeah. so in Luke twenty-four, witnesses, all nations together, clothed with the Holy Spirit. And here we have Paul, this famous piece of Pauline theology, saying, "Baptized into Christ, clothed with Jesus, and divisions between nations, ethnicities, Beautiful. genders divided, and as a result, we all become heirs of the promise." And and I've never actually just laid those two texts together until you said something just then. I grabbed both texts and I'm looking at the same time. But I mean, it fits together, doesn't it? Does does absolutely, and and you get that that real sense of the ideas seeded even way back in the Old Testament when God calls Abraham. Yes. This idea that He wants a global family. He wants mm. nations of the world to be blessed through the seed of Abraham, mm. which is Christ Jesus. And that, that these things are now being pulled together in a representation of this this new community, this community that will be witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. So, yes. so you get all of that threading together that 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 God is is building something. And and the power of the Spirit is one of the key agencies to enabling that something to happen. Mm. It's a beautiful mm. idea. The the whole vision of Abraham, isn't it? Genesis 18, verse 17. The Lord said, shall I hide from Abraham what I am about to do? Now, John, I'm just getting carried away with myself here about what <laughs> I am about to do, right? So this is so this is what, plus, I don't know, how do, you, how do you judge the time difference between Abraham and Jesus? Let's not for a moment, but it's a long time <laughs> before mm. Jesus. The Lord says, shall I hide from Abraham what I'm about to do? And here we are then, the, the year 30 AD, and the disciples are like, is this the time? <laughs> so yes. so that, that question of when still hanging around there. And then the Lord says this, Abraham will surely become a great and powerful nation, and all nations on earth will yep. be blessed through him. So, yep. I mean, I love that you've just drawn that in there. So, so Paul is saying, 
there is a promise that was made to Abraham that all nations will be blessed. And that's what he's saying in, 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 in Galatians 3. But what Paul is pointing out is, if it's all the nations, that's Jew and Greek, slave and free, masculine yes. and feminine. But but the mechanism of finding our way into that promise is a baptism in Christ and being clothed with Christ. Yeah. And then oh, it's beautiful the way it all is tying together that Luke and Paul, I mean, my main point is not to say that Luke and Paul agree with each other. I just think that is pretty obvious. But it's beautiful how all of these ideas are floating around in Scripture constantly, that God's trying to bring all things into the blessing, isn't he? For sure. Uh, and of course, he programmatically in the, in the book of Acts, we see that. We, we see this idea mm. that actually this is to go right to the ends of the earth not just stay in Jerusalem, not just not just even to the boundaries of Judea, but but to the wider world, the Samaritan world, the Gentile world. And and this kingdom is to be represented and demonstrated to that world. So so you you, you have something what well, what I love about Luke, Luke's not just being a Gentile here. He's not just going, okay, well, I want to just make sure you all understand that actually Jesus has come for the Gentiles. But Luke is actually picking up phenomenal threads that are resident in the Tanakh itself, in the Old Testament itself. Mm. And and he is dynamically understanding the link between the ministry of Jesus, the work of the Holy Spirit, and this new community as being the vehicle of ultimately blessing the nations of the world. Mm. And 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 when you understand that and you realize then Luke is not just driving a sort of a Gentile agenda, he's driving a biblical mm. agenda. He's driving a yeah. Bible worldview here that that includes the Gentile world, and and he's celebrating that through through this phenomenal programmatic statement. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be. Mm. And and I think that's really important that we're not just we're not just shoehorning Luke into a Gentile agenda. We are no, celebrating no. Luke's biblical agenda. And mm -hmm. I think Luke and Paul are picking that up together. And mm -hmm. there's no doubt in my mind that Luke is influenced by Paul's teaching on these issues. Like, there's no question mm -hmm. about it in my thinking that a Gentile is so well versed in, in golden threads of Tanakh that he can pick mm -hmm. up here and present to us in the in the life of Jesus. It's It's got to be mm -hmm. partly the influence of Paul. And, and holding in that tension between even... Galatians and, and, and Acts there. <laughs> I should tell I should tell our listeners that we, we had a conversation where we were like, what should we do the next series on? And I'm, I'm always going, well, I'd always love to do a series on Galatians, but let's do Acts. And now it appears as if I'm just trying to turn the Acts series into a Galatians <laughs> series. <laughs> but, but just, you know, look at where Paul holds it, as we just said there, you know, that what is the Spirit doing? The Spirit is breaking down boundaries. Mm. The Spirit is, is destroying the, the created boundaries, such as slave and free. He yeah. is destroying religious boundaries, actually, at some level. And, and that, that needs some nuance. But I think if you've tracked with the parable series, that's what Jesus is doing a lot. But he's, the, the, yeah. the Jew and Gentile boundary is, is, being, is being destroyed. And he's even, he's even breaking down created boundaries of male okay. and female. The, now, and again, this is important with, with Paul. The, the boundaries are, the this is now, let's just jump into Ephesians 2 for a second. Do slaves and free become the same? Do men and women become the same? Do Jews and Gentiles become the same? That's not what Paul imagines in Ephesians no. 2. It's that the boundary is taken away. 
right? That they can now be in communion, Jews as Jews in community with Gentiles as Gentiles. And that's that's the vision of God. But but it strikes me as interesting that if you keep reading, no longer Jew or Greek, but all slave, all heirs to the promise, then you get this beautiful line that I can't get so close to and not read in a conversation about the Holy Spirit. Paul in verse six of chapter four, because you are his sons, right? And let me yeah. just brief point there. Should we translate that word as children? Well, I'm going to, I don't want to sound sexist, but I'm going to say sons because of the argument that Paul's constructing about inheritance, right? Yes. That he's instructing, he's, he's, he's leaning into Greco-Roman inheritance ideas, wherein the chief son got the primary inheritance. So what Paul does is he's not masculinizing everyone. He's putting us in the first place of inheritance. So because you're at the front of the line in inheritance, but then he also wants to do something really clever as well by playing off the word son. So verse six of chapter four of Galatians, because you are his sons, so first in line for inheritance, God sent the spirit of his son, into our hearts, the spirit who calls out Abba, Father. So you're no longer a slave, but God's child. And since you're his child, God has made you also an heir, right? Beautiful. So look at look at this beautiful image. So we've talked about in Galatians 3, you are clothed with Christ. In Luke 24, you are clothed with power. What is the power that we're clothed with? It's the spirit. What spirit? Now let's go back to Galatians. It's the spirit of God's son, right? And then, and this for me is just beautiful, Paul has this little bit of Aramaic, the spirit who calls out Abba, Father. Why is it Abba, Father? Abba just means Father, except that it's the Aramaic word for Father. How do we know? This is how I read this, John. How do we know it is the spirit of God's son that's in our hearts? It's because that spirit talks like Jesus. And I just think it's gorgeous theology. Yes, magnificent. It, it's magnificent. And you, you, you spot all those connectors and you think, these guys seem to know what they were doing. And and again, you, you do realize that there are beautiful, beautiful threads being tied together here in this magnificent story. And and it's a mistake. So th- th- there's a sense in which we've done this with the Gospels. Let each Gospel writer speak for themselves. And then we pull their voices together. And it's the same with Luke. And it's the same here with Paul. Let Luke speak for himself. Let's try and understand what Luke is saying. Let Paul's, but actually, when we let Paul speak and Luke speak, we're we're hearing echoes of the same conversation, and and we're seeing yeah. something of a bigger agenda that both men understand and are seeking to promote. And mm-hmm. this this beautiful sense of this new community formed by the word of Christ, by the power of the Spirit that is now going to go into its world and challenge, at least in theory, challenge the divisions so as to call the nations of the world to him. Mm-hmm. It's just absolutely beautiful. It's beautiful. And it's all resonant in that opening opening statement. And the idea of resonance is beautiful, isn't it? When you realize that it is, you know, what is God trying to do? I love that line in, in Genesis 18 where God's like, shall we tell, shall we hide from Abraham the plan? Mm. <laughs> the plan to bless the, all the nations of the earth, right? Yeah. And then, and then you get acts, and you get this this beautiful sense of well, in Luke twenty four, you get this sense it's piecing together God's plan. And then Jesus comes along and says, "Well, what's the plan? The plan is the nations. The plan is yeah. is all the nations." 
But prior to that, you had Joel, and Joel's going to appear for us in Acts chapter 2, isn't he? That God is pouring out his spirit on all flesh, right? It's on everyone. And therefore, this is why I love just just dropping the Galatians line in there. Because what happens is, what does the spirit of the Son do? Well, the question is, what does the Son do? Well, the Son does what the Father does. The Father wants all nations. The Son wants all nations. And when we are clothed with this spirit... We too, we now we get drawn into this all nations thing. And and that's why I think this little line, Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, is so interesting. Because like, and I would encourage somebody to do this when you, when you get a chance after listening to this episode, just don't, you know, just pick up the NIV or the NRSV version of the Bible that has section headings mm-hmm. and just leaf, take, take a minute and a half and leaf through Acts from verse 1-8 onwards and notice how you see Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria and the ends of the earth. You, you see yeah. it, don't you? You do. You do. You, you see it very beautifully. And in, in fact, like roughly the first Sort of seven chapters seem to be mm. quite Jerusalem centric yes. in that in that conversation. Jerusalem, maybe Judea centric. Very well, you, you would say certainly, and I mean this totally respectfully, Jewish centric. So you, you've got a lovely mm-hmm. Jerusalem centricness, and then of course, from about chapter eight onwards, you're getting the Samaria story and the the spirit coming to the to the Samaritan context. Amazing. Within that, of course, we're we're starting to nudge out into the Gentile world with the Cornelius story in chapter 10. And then from 13, we're getting Paul and Barnabas or Saul and Barnabas that are commissioned to go on what we sometimes call that first missionary journey. And they they are absolutely moving out into, although they visit Jewish communities on that first missionary journey, they are moving mm-hmm. 100% into Gentile territory. So so you, you see the expansion. I, ironically, of course, mm-hmm. you also see the struggle, and, and we will touch on that struggle mm-hmm. throughout the book of Acts, undoubtedly. Sure. There were moments of real struggle where, to use your language, people tried to shut the door on the Holy Spirit or keep the Holy Spirit in a box. And of course, Biblical history teaches us and church history teaches us the minute you start to try and screw the lid down on the God box, God has a mm-hmm. an amazing and and consistent habit of blowing your box sky high. <laughs> so and he does this even in the book of Acts. He he absolutely rattles the world of his followers mm. in order to get them to move across the borders. Uh, and they've got to yes. move across borders, not only geographically, but borders theologically. They've got to move across borders ethnically, and they've got to move yeah. across borders probably psychologically in their own hearts and minds. So a lot of borders get crossed in the book of Acts, and not all of them are geographic. Mm-hmm. But yes. the Holy Spirit is the driving agency of that conversation mm-hmm. throughout the whole of the narrative. Tracking with what you said just there. So you will receive power. You will be witnesses in yeah, of course, I want to just make the point that the Greek word for witness is martyr. So, so this word martyr that we hear actually speaks to being a witness, to be an announcer of something. But So you will be my witness. So you, you receive power. You will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea and Samaria and the ends of the earth. And exactly as you say, by by the time you get to chapter 7... We don't seem to have made much progress. No. <laughs> so we're still in Jerusalem, and, and some pretty impressive things are happening in Jerusalem. Yeah, you yeah. read Acts chapter one, verse Acts chapter one through to chapter seven. Like goodness me, it's inspiring. But we're still in Jerusalem, and so now, so think about all the things we've said, even in this series so far, this this season of two texts. 
that you will receive power. You will be witnesses. It's it's something that is not it, it it's something that God will do for you. This will happen, right? Yeah. You will be my in the in the Greek, my martyres, right? So now look at what happens in Acts chapter seven. In Acts chapter seven, we get the first martyr, right? True. So Stephen has to give his life up for the sake of the gospel. So so now we get somebody, and, and we refer to him in tr- Christian history, Stephen is referred to as the first martyr of the church. Mm-hmm. But I think it's interesting that the word is martyr and the word relates to the word witness. So yeah. we've stayed in Jerusalem, despite Jesus's commands, despite the plan of God, <laughs> we've stayed in Jerusalem and we get to chapter seven. Now Stephen is is killed and stoned. I love the way Paul yeah. Paul says this. Says Saul approved of their killing him, so he just yes. enters the story in not the most magnanimous of ways. Right? No. He enters the story, does Paul, in a pretty ugly way. And then you get this line. Here's the line that opens Acts chapter eight. So Saul approved of their killing him. On that day, a great persecution broke out against the church in Jerusalem, and all except the apostles were scattered. And guess where they were scattered? Yes. Throughout Judea and Samaria. So read the whole sentence again. On that day, a great persecution broke out against the church in Jerusalem, and all except the apostles were scattered throughout Judea and Samaria. Flip your Bible back to Acts chapter 1, verse 8. You will be my witnesses. This is what's going to happen. The Holy Spirit's coming. You will witness. Where will you witness? Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria. So you yeah. get this uncomfortable sense that the the Holy Spirit's plan is going to happen. And if the disciples aren't going to leave Jerusalem themselves, things are going to have to happen that will make that spread happen. Again, perhaps teaching us about the bigger plan of God that in the immediate, things may appear bad. Because then you get Acts chapter 8, verse 4. Those who had been scattered preached the word wherever they went. (laughs) Indeed. Indeed. And and so it's, it's, it's fascinating, isn't it, John? It's totally... Totally. And and it teaches us again that the Lord does have an agenda, an agenda to save the world, an agenda to reach the world. And he will do whatever he needs to do to move his community to make that happen, even if it means making his own community deeply uncomfortable to make that happen. And and I love I love the language of Acts one. It's the genius of the and again. It's not you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem, then Judea, then Samaria, then the ends of the earth. It's and the the idea that actually he wants a community to witness in all of these areas at the same time. That 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 there's a representation right across the spectrum, and ultimately that is his desire. So that wonderful work done in Jerusalem, no problem with that, but. Actually, his desire was and, not then, but and. Mm. And again, mm. an echo to us, a, a word to us in the 21st century is that we are to be and people, not then people. We are to be people who understand God has always had a global agenda. He still has a global agenda. And until he brings all things into his purpose and plan in terms of consummation, that global agenda will continue forever. So so you get this sense that we are either going to cooperate with that agenda or or clash with that agenda. But if we are embracing the heart of Jesus, if we are opening up ourselves to the Holy Spirit, it seems to be that the book of Acts teaches that we're going to be more likely to embrace the global agenda than not. Mm-hmm. But even then, there can be struggle. 
And the book of Acts shows us you can be filled with Jesus, filled with the Holy Spirit, and still struggle with your own agenda. Yeah. And and that is a real tension within the book of Acts that that you have men, women of God who who are struggling with the borders and happy mm. to stay within their own confines, even though they're full of Jesus and even though they're full of the Spirit. And that's a real challenge to me, David. I, I want to be, can I say this humbly? I want to be humble. I, I, I want to realize that just because I believe I've got some form of relationship with Jesus and I've had an experience with the Holy Spirit, that that does not mean I'm suddenly the expert or that my view is mm. right on everything or that even what I want to do is necessarily what he wants to do. And that's why we've mm. got to keep coming back to this beautiful text and reminding ourselves that his agenda is to the nations of the world. Goodness, what a what a huge point, John. What a huge point. Wow, of course. Because so often we hear this across church history that something goes wrong in the church. We, we're, we, we seem beset at the moment with, with situations of, of pastoral abusive power and, and, and pastoral getting lost. And, and so often what we hear is, but these people seem to be men of God. And, and what Acts is opening up the window on, exactly as you've said there is, you can, abs- you can be a follower of Jesus who actually walked around with Jesus and be full of the Holy Spirit, but still allow your agenda to, to frame and decide how things are. What a huge point. What a huge point. It's, it's, it's as if, you know, one of my ways of reading Acts could almost be Jesus saying to the disciples, listen, you will get the Holy Spirit, but make sure you keep up with him. Absolutely. <laughs> well, that's it for today. Thank you so much for listening, and we hope that you enjoyed it. If you want to get in touch with either of us about something we said, you can reach out to us on podcast at twotext.com or by liking and following the Two Text podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. If you really did enjoy the episode, then we'd love it if you left a review or a comment where you're listening from. And if you really enjoyed this episode, why not share it with a friend? Don't forget that you can listen to all of our podcasts from this season and others at www.2text.com. But that is it for now. So until next time, goodbye.